Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Waddle and Sylvie now on till 6.30. We got Bears Weekly coming up at 6.30 to 7.30 tonight. And then Black and Abdallah from 7.30 to 8. No right uh, Jeff, jo- no Jeff Joniak for us today. Normally, we talk to him yes. leading into Bears Weekly, but he wasn't able to join us. Yes. So Slacker. He will be up, though, at 6.30 with Bears Weekly until 7.30 tonight. You can always watch us live. We are on YouTube on the ESPN Chicago page, also available on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago. And, of course, listen on ESPN1000, 100.3 HD2, or the ESPN Chicago app. That's I think how we're about, I usually I think listen. we're about to lose Tyler. Oh, no. Oh, you know no. how it's no, you know, college I'm, watching, I'm done watching with intent. You know, you know, like when, you're when, done. when when their good soccer match is on, yes. we lose you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Syracuse, North Carolina squaring off. Is this going to be a beatdown? Like North yeah. Carolina is the yeah, seventh yeah, yeah. ranked team. Your team, My, how is your team playing with uh, Jim Beheim? No longer without they Jim Beheim. They just dismissed a five star. They what? They, they just dismissed a five star. Wow, what the was team. he doing? Because he was just being a turd. Really? Yeah. He he had the three strikes you're out treatment. Who's so. the Who's the coach? Adrian Autry. He played for them a long time ago. Okay. So are not, you missing Jim Beheim? So not mellow, huh? Um, not missing Jim Beheim. I am actually. I'm still getting a Beheim fix because he's calling games now. Oh boy, he's calling games. <laughs> and the best part for anyone who's seen Ted Lasso, he is Roy Kent. He is Roy Kent when he's on TV, where he just does not care and will lash out. Who's Roy Kent on on Ted Lasso? I forget. He's the player who's like the old grizzled veteran. Oh that they yeah, bring in short to be guy, like the dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett Goldstein's character. Yeah. Um, and they bring him in to be like the ass kicker, and then he retires and then goes to TV. That's what Jim Beheim's That's what Beheim is. Nice. He's not giving a That's damn. Doesn't you know care. how he feels. All right, well, we'll try and navigate this without, without our, Tyler. Without our without captain Tyler's behind the attention. scenes. Yeah, you can, uh, uh, you're down 3-0. Yeah, three, yeah, three you, you know what, uh, Chuck? Oh. The Chuck wagon may have to grab the wheel here at some point. You want that? Yeah, I'll throw on my DePaul jersey. <laughs> That won't be a distraction for anybody. Um, all right, so I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today, who's on vacation. We had Ian Rappaport on earlier today, and he made some interesting news for Bears fans with his report on Saturday afternoon. That was he- one of the that was was it Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning? It was one of the things that probably caught the NFL's yes. you know the NFL universe's attention more than anything that wasn't Super Bowl related. And this is one of those things where I think. If you're a keen NFL observer, this probably should not have caught you by surprise. Right. But when an NFL insider verbalizes it, not just in a tweet, in an article, and then on the Super Bowl pregame the next day, you can say, okay, there's a little bit of credibility. I imagine this is coming from someone up at Hallis Hall who's letting Ian Rappaport know what their intentions are. They're sending out the smoke signals to anybody else who else, who possibly wants to entertain trading for the number one overall pick and selecting Caleb Williams or perhaps a different quarterback, although I think that's highly unlikely. He's sending up the smoke signals. This is what it's going to cost, a historic haul. So that's some interesting phrasing. And yeah. so we had Ian on earlier today, and we asked him what exactly would constitute a massive haul. Uh, it would be 
the kind of collection of picks that would mean you absolutely cannot turn it down. It would be so many picks and with so much value that you have no choice but to say, I'm giving up this franchise quarterback and I'm okay with it. Like, you know, we talked about not having a Patrick Mahomes. The comp for Caleb Williams is Mahomes. Now, Mahomes wasn't a number one pick, but if we would do that draft all over again, obviously he would be. Like, if, if you get one of those guys, you do whatever you can to get it, and you do whatever you can to keep him. And so, he basically made the case for not trading the pick there, though, as yeah. I interpret it. And I wrote it down. I'm giving up the franchise quarterback, and I'm okay with it. Under what circumstances <laughs> are you giving up? If you believe yes. he's a franchise quarterback, under what circumstances are you giving up said franchise quarterback? Honestly, Jeff, like it would you. have to be... I remember it would have to be so much more than anything that you could have actually contemplate. I believe, forgive me if I'm off by a pick or two here or there, but I think Bill Polian back in the day said that if somebody had offered him ten their next 10 first-round picks when they had Peyton Manning, if they could, if the NFL rules allowed for it, he would have said no. Right. Because when you have that guy in place, there's no amount of first-round picks. Yeah. That would make it worth it because year in and year out, you know you're going to be in the playoff race at the bare minimum yep. and hopefully a contender for the Lombardi Trophy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's my evaluation. I'm saying to you, yes. if Ryan Poles comes to the conclusion that this is our franchise quarterback, I don't know that there is a price that you'd be willing to take. Like, And if you just want to make it tangible, is what would the Houston Texans ask for like in, in a C.J. Stroud trade? Is there... Could you make an offer that they would actually you could. consider? It, no, no, I'm saying, but but they're they're not would going they to accept it. No, why would they? Of course, they not. know what they have. They've got that franchise QB and a rookie deal. There, I don't think there's any real deal that. W- and so that's probably what teams are up against if they're going to convince Ryan Poles to try and trade away. There's a, I think there's a reason why Ian Rappaport was deft about not giving us. An actual, right. this is what it would take. Yeah, three number ones or whatever it is. Jimmy on the north side is a great caller, and, and I think he's an even better tweeter than his <laughs> caller. Says, so in the past 24 hours, the Bears insiders have said Fields slash Williams is possible. A combo of the two, mm-hmm. according to Adam Schefter. Mike Wilbon said his sources say no quarterback decision is made yet. And Kevin Warren is proud that Fields is a Chicago Bear going forward. Rap says no trade needs to be imminent. And the Kevin Warren interview, I think, was with uh, Jared Payton yes, on WGN. WGN. Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy's right. There's a lot out there. And there's going to continue to be a lot out there until a decision is made on different topics. Now, this does feel like, to me, a way for the Bears to try and... They're playing a game of chicken with Justin Fields. If there's a team out there that thinks they're going to swoop in and just, you know, come in and, and lowball the Bears on an offer for Justin Fields, because yeah. they, I don't think Ryan Poles is going to be interested in doing I'm with that. You. I think that, like, look, I don't know what the connection is. is but when, 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 uh, Kevin Warren, when Kevin, no, when, uh, when rap says to contem- even contemplate or consider giving, it has to be a historic call. I think you're a hundred percent right. That's Ryan Poles responding to the commanders yeah. report about kick going up, for whatever's out there. And I think Ryan Poles is an early, early in his GM, Roll has done a really nice job, like navigating a lot of this stuff. And a reminder for you know when you say historic hall, it's like, what do you mean? Well, let's you start out with the Bears trade last year. 
I think that's very obviously a, a great starting point for... Well, I think it would have to exceed last year's well, haul. Yeah. Well, that's the starting... The floor would be, yeah. you know, if you look at DJ Moore, a comp would be a first-round pick or a player of significance like DJ Moore. Yeah. It's going to take minimum three first-rounders and two second-rounders. That's what it took for the Panthers to get the deal done last year. That's minimum the starting point where you can have a conversation, I think. So it's going to take more than that. And oh, by the way, if you look in the history of the NFL... The Washington traded three first-rounders and a second to move up for RG3 back when they made that deal. And that one, like, RG3 was the rookie of the year, right? But Yes. But then injuries yeah. got the best of him. But that's like, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. So when you say, okay, it's three first-rounders and then some, that's right. kind of the starting what point. What was the Trey Lance deal? Is uh, that two first-rounders or three first-rounders to Miami? With Miami to move up, it was comparable. Yeah, it was, I, I guess the question I'm getting at, because I know that you've done some of this research, is is how many of those deals have worked out for the team that traded for the quarterback? Yeah. So Trey Lance was three first rounders and a third. Yeah. I mean, how'd so, that go? Not great. Not great, Bob. I mean, well, how, one <laughs> of those firsts was a pick swap. So how was how did the? I mean, RG three. I guess you could argue that. The injury is what yeah, derailed his career, career, but... And to add insult to injury, one of those picks they traded away was uh, ended up being used on Micah Parsons. Ouch. For the Trey Lance? Yeah, the Trey Lance deal, right? Charlie? Correct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so ultimately, I'd be surprised if there's a team willing to meet the asking price that Ryan Poles is putting out there for the number one pick. I don't even know. I, I mean, I would be surprised if Ryan Poles has even put an asking price out there. Oh, I think what he's saying is, is like, look, blow me away. And, yes. and even then, I don't. A team doesn't know what that, what blowing him away is actually what what it would take. Right. Don't know. You know, and and that's. I just I don't player, like. And, and I look. I know that Rap talked about too. Is is the new general manager of the Washington Commanders was with the Forty ers when they made the Trey Lance trade? Right, but maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't his decision. That's John Lynch's decision with the owner, and I'm sure Shanahan mm-hmm. had some input. Maybe, maybe I forget his name, what his name is. Is Adam? Is Josh, it Adam uh, Peters. Yeah, yeah, Adam, Adam Peters. Peters yeah. Maybe he thought it wasn't the best decision. Does Adam Peters, in his first run as a general manager, want to give up three first-round picks? Especially to, you know, think about I it. I don't know. I mean, the answer could be yes. It could be, but, like, look at it. It, I mean, the way teams build their franchises, especially if you are a new age GM, a little more analytically driven and don't want to be giving up these draft assets that the first round picks are. I like the way look at the commanders, what's on their roster right now. Like if I could see a scenario where if things were reversed and the Bears were sitting in the second spot. And they wanted to go up to get their quarterback. Because they've got the more roster. of a ready-built team. Exactly. Yeah. The commanders have a lot to do. They're... The other thing, though, is like the GM may not want to. Right. But will ownership want that, to? Because well, it's a new ownership group, and this could be their big splash. Could be. They've got to put a face on all those, uh, all those banners. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I, this is why I, I, I mean, like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I think it's much more likely, though, again, if, in fact, as, as Rappaport said... If if giving up the franchise quarterback, you're okay with it, then I don't think that's the case. I think if you're convinced he's your fan, franchise quarterback, I don't think you're giving up. Yeah. Rap said something else earlier, yes. I think, too. Yeah. We so, asked him about the Super Bowl. Yeah, the overtime decision by Kyle Shanahan to go ahead and 
to take the ball first because Kyle Shanahan wanted the third possession if it went to sudden death. This was Aaron Rappaport on that earlier today. I sort of disagree with with his decision, but I understand why he made it. Like if you're if you're having the option, two people are going to get both teams are going to get possession possession anyway. So basically, what he was doing is saying, if we're tied, then. I'm going to make sure I have the first possession after we're tied. He was basically aiming for the third possession. I would probably say, okay, fine, but if it's the Chiefs and they have Patrick Mahomes, they're probably going to go for two anyway at the second possession, so maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe the tie doesn't matter. But I understand why he did it. I don't think that was a big deal. Doesn't think it was yeah, a big deal. Listen, I don't want to get into an argument. I mean, we, I, uh, listen, we had uh, rap yeah. on to get some of his information and everything else. I didn't want to get into an argument with him about it. I, I mean, I think you know how we, I, we both feel, you know, differently that, I, listen, this is how I said it yesterday. All I need to know is, is that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs, had they won the toss, were kicking off. Yes. And they also told you that if, in fact, they scored a touchdown with their possession, they're going for two. Yeah. So, like, if that's what you're going to do, then that's all I need to know. And I just was not a fan of giving Patrick Mahomes access to a fourth down, if necessary, on the second drive. I just wasn't. I mean, because think about it as well. I mean, I'm being repetitive, but... The, the 49ers got them to fourth down in their territory. Not the 49ers' territory, Kansas City's territory. Yep. They had to go for it on yes. fourth down. Yes. If, if Kansas City, is, is you kick off to them, and this is their first possession, mm-hmm. and they've got fourth in, in however long in their own area, they're pro- there's a really good chance wow. they're going to punt. Especially the way Kansas City's defense was playing. Right. You're going to play the. You're going that at that point. You're going to play the field position. Game. Yes, because you feel like yeah, you feel good about your yes. defense and what they've done throughout that game. I am not going to give them the option to allow Patrick Mahomes to work on a fourth down if he needs to during that drive. And I'll also add the way the 49ers' opening possession played out, they were in a spot where they were had they not had the. The defensive holding penalty against Trent McDuffie on third down, yeah. they would have gone three and out and punted themselves right. on their very first possession. You know, and part of the reason they would have done that was because they would not have entered they would not have entertained the idea of going for it on fourth no, down. No, because you are automatically in, in Harrison Butker's ter- or field goal range. So from every aspect, you know, and it, it like I think they should have probably talked it out and maybe done things a little differently. But going forward, I would be very surprised in the future if teams ever take the ball first in I'm the playoff you, at- atmosphere. This goes back to something that I've always felt. And again, I, I, I've, I've given up on arguing the case. You know how I feel. I'm the old guy in the room. I'm not, I'm not bothered by just doing things the old way. Mm-hmm. Where I, I believe that playing defense and, spe- and good special teams well, can help take you to the promised land. The problem is in the modern game, first of all, the kickoff return is, is obsolete because these guys kick the ball into the yep. stands. And these guys can all kick it from 65 and yep. further. So I understand. I've, I've softened my stance on it. But I'll still go back to the following. Whoever wins the coin flip, to me, still has the advantage. Like, what they've tried to do is take the anomaly or take the whatever it is of the coin flip and even the playing field. I don't think that the playing field is is that much more even because if you get the coin flip, I think Shanahan made the wrong decision. Yes, yes. But think about it. If you kick off, 
Defensively, the only way you can win the game on yes. the first possession is by scoring a defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I, I mean, like, I, yeah, a pick six or a fumble six would end it for the team if they on the first possession if their defense comes up with that. And now you also know when you get the ball on your second, your first possession, the second possession of overtime, you know exactly what you need. You've got four downs. You've got four downs. The other team really doesn't have four downs. So, and then, yeah, and then, by the way, if we get to that point where with the opening possession you do score a touchdown, in all likelihood you're kicking the extra point. And so now I also have the option to, to beat end, you with two. To end the game with a two point conversion rather than giving you that third possession. So I don't know what the analytics say of it, but I would argue that you win the coin toss if you make the correct decisions, you still have yes. a pretty sizable advantage. I would, I would say so. Because and and you know, more so than anything else, having the luxury of going for it on fourth down because you know you have to, that's probably the biggest advantage Changes for the other team. Yes, absolutely. So that one, you know, even though we mentioned it, but we may we might be underselling that because that in itself is such a huge advantage where the other team has to basically say, "Listen, we think get you, three downs or we have to." You're punt. third and five, and oh. you're chasing uh, you're, you're you're chasing the field goal. You're on your own. I'm run, You can run the ball. You can throw mm-hmm. the ball. You can run the ball because you know you've got an extra down. Yep. If you are a team that you don't have the fourth down at your disposal, you're more than likely passing, which makes you a more predictable team. So. So you win the coin flip, you still, and I Shani did it the wrong way in my opinion, I still think you have a pretty sizable schematic advantage. Yeah, mis- it was a mis- miscalculation there because I don't think the third possession was really as much in play as their analytics team may have believed. Yeah. 312-332-3776. Up next, the Bulls what? had a nice victory. Yeah, the Bulls had a nice win last night. Kobe White. Continued his excellent play. Io. Io had a career high 29. Yeah, shooting the three with uh, some conviction and doing it from a, at a very high percentage the last couple of games. You know what, though? They better stop having so much fun or Casey Johnson's going to put an end to it all. We'll share that ne- with you next here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. This portion of Waddle and Sylvie brought to you by Steinhoffels. Thanks to them, as always, for being the presenting sponsor of our flyaway trivia contest, which we're doing for the remainder of the week. So don't forget to keep listening for your chance to qualify and win on Friday a pair of $500 airline gift cards, courtesy of our friends over at Steinhoffels celebrating their four-day president's sale starting on Friday. All right. Waddle, the bear, uh, the Bears, the Bulls. Watch this last night. They got the best of the Hawks. Yes, they did. And uh, Io had himself a career night, which resulted in, of course, the opportunity to be interviewed by Casey Johnson post-game, courtesy of our friends over at NBC Sports Chicago. It felt like the uh, prevailing... Kobe, we're doing an interview here. We're doing an interview here, Kobe. Kobe, we're doing an interview here. Hey, I open. All right, all right. Goodbye. I owe it. Felt like, it, it felt like the prevailing theme to Atlanta. Take, take three. Hey, I owe it. Felt like the prevailing theme on Saturday night in Orlando was that you guys let that one slip away. What was the difference tonight? 
And then it went on as your normal garden was he, variety. I didn't post see game it. Was show. he was he serious? Was he upset? Was no, he angry? So that was Kobe was he White. Around? That was Kobe White. No, well, Casey, I think was getting a little bit perturbed. He was be- aggravated because this is now this is now two in a row. Remember last week, Kobe White is with Casey Johnson. Kobe, Kobe, I'm interviewing you. You guys obviously uh, fell down by 30 to Sacramento. Look out. This is great TV. Hey, you guys fell down by 30 to Sacramento and almost came back. Tonight you fall down by 23 and do come back. What was the difference? Uh, Just in that second half, I feel like we played with more pace. We played with more physicality. We played uh, with more intention. Uh, We got to the paint. They're a great defensive team, obviously number one in the league. So for us, we just wanted to take advantage of stuff and, uh, you know, try to get downhill. What what can a win like this over that good of a team do for you guys? Uh, I can do wonders. We just got to carry it over to this. We got a four-game road trip coming up, so we got a tough little stretch coming up against some really good teams. So for us, we just got to carry it over and uh, continue to build and, and, and uh, progress in the right direction. Do you want to talk about your first half or your second half? <laughs> I don't really want to talk about me Kobe White is the best. DeMar DeRozan. I really don't want to talk about me at all, man. Uh, so there you go. I think uh, Casey Johnson has had enough of uh, people crashing his post-game well, interview. This is what happens when you let people know that you're bothered by it. They're going to continue to do what they're doing. Kobe, I'm interviewing you. Not so much, Case. This is great TV. Was he being serious or was he was he being kind of a dry personality humor, like dry sense of humor? Yeah, I think he was just trying to rein it in and okay. get through the post-game interview. And I don't see many post-game interviews. They I see many so Super fast, Bowl though. They, they go to pretty interviews. quick, you know. Yeah. But he was getting upset, irritated? I think, you know, he, once is fine, twice is fine. I think, well, now, I think, we're now, hitting, the, I think now they yeah. know what to oh. do. So now, if the Bulls win, I think uh, yeah. keep your eyes peeled for as a... soon as Co- or as soon as not Kobe, as soon as KC starts the interview, yes, they're all going to descend upon him. Kobe White is the bad man. I'm just doing ha- an interview here. I'm just happy that uh, they're winning. Yeah, it's nice to see. But some... are they really like they've been? They vacillate from two under five hundred to three under five hundred. It's we can dive into more of that, do that tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Waddle, thanks for having me. I'm Meller. In for Sylvie. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Charlie Bevins. The Chuck Wagon. Let's do this again tomorrow, guys. Let's do it. Stick around for Bears Weekly up next here on ESPN 1000.